Hello, this is Rami Yacoub. I'm the Executive Director of the Tahrir Institute for Middle East Policy, also known as TIMEP. Today, I'm joined by Marwa Fotofta. Marwa is a Palestinian writer, researcher, and policy analyst based in Berlin. She works as the MENA Policy Manager on Digital Rights for Access Now and is a policy analyst for Al Shabaka. Marwa, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Rami, for hosting me. According to investigations by Amnesty International, Forbidden Stories, and other groups, military-grade spyware known as Pegasus, licensed by the Israeli firm NSO Group, has been used to successfully hack at least 37 smartphones, including phones belonging to journalists, human rights activists, and allegedly several world leaders and ministers. Marwa, tell us a little bit about the context of these hacks and the subsequent investigations. What is Pegasus spyware and how is it used? Well, Pegasus is essentially a hacking spyware developed and sold by an Israeli company called the NSO Group. And it's particularly malicious because it can access everything stored on a device once the device is infected. Uh, this includes emails, text messages, contact lists, location data, photos and videos. And the phone's microphone and camera can be turned on recording the device owner um, and his or her conversations without their slightest knowledge. Um, and there are two known methods so far through which a phone device can be infected. One that requires an interaction with the device owner. So you receive a malicious link via email or text message. And the moment you click on that link, the spyware is installed on your device. And the second method, which is the scariest one, it requires no interaction, uh, but relies on a software vulnerability on the device. So you don't need to click on a link or anything uh, for the device to be infected. And, and these type of, of attacks are called um, zero clicks. Scary stuff. Uh, NSO says the software is only intended for monitoring terrorists and major criminals. However, the reports coming out so far indicate that the scope is not so narrow. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, the facts that we know of so far indicate the opposite of what the NSO claims. Um, we have not heard of any terrorists or criminals being arrested uh, with the use of Pegasus, but we continue to hear of activists, human rights defenders, and journalists being targeted and spied on by their governments uh, and subse subsequently disappeared, arrested, um, or even killed as a result of the use of this um, spyware. And... If you look at the list of, of, of government clients of the NSO group in our region in particular, I mean, 20,000 of the 50,000 leaked phone numbers um, are target lists of three authoritarian regimes, Morocco, the UAE and Saudi Arabia. And that uh, tells us uh, who the type of these targets uh, and the lack and the fact that the NSO claim is um, is, is not backed by it. Yeah. Yeah. So what role has the Israeli government played in the sale of these technologies and expansion of uh, NSO's uh, foreign clients? Um, there are three ways in which the Israeli government is involved. One is more procedural. The Israeli government and the Ministry of Defense specifically has to review and approve every export license of the NSO group uh, spyware. And despite mounting evidence that this spyware has been used to by oppressive regimes or governments to commit grave human rights violations, the Israeli government so far has not lifted a finger to investigate, review or revoke the expert license of the NSO group. Um, second is the Israeli government has been using the NSO uh, spyware and other technologies as a form of diplomatic currency to strengthen uh, or start new diplomatic relationships with governments they're interested in. 
uh, for instance, the UAE, um, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, India. These are governments that the Israeli government has sought to fortify relationships with. And we see that wherever Netanyahu went, the NSO spyware has been used, as audits revealed in a recent report. And third, and most importantly, let's not forget about the big picture of how these companies came into existence. And it shows us you know, Israel's military industrial complex and the pipeline between um, the military occupation in the occupied Palestinian territories and the founding and flourishment of Israel's surveillance industries, where many of those companies have been founded by ex-IDF uh, uh, intelligence officers or veterans that use their skills and knowledge to then um, develop and export these technologies to the rest of the world. Right. Very quickly, uh, what do you, what do the results of the investigations into Pegasus say about the current state of the of digital rights? It's a frightening, a frightening reality, to be honest. I mean, it shows that there is a wild surveillance industry profiting off human rights violations every day. Um, and that's why we need transparency and we need a moratorium on the sale, transfer and use of these surveillance technologies until there is a global mechanism that regulates the sector and ensures that human rights of citizens everywhere are, are respected. Um, and until we get there, uh, we need to ensure that these surveillances and this industry is being right in and, and regulated. Marwa, uh, we're running out of time, but it's such a huge topic and we definitely need to discuss it more. Thank you so much for being here and um, hopefully we'll talk about it soon again. Thank you. Thank you so much, Romy.